This is The Big Sci-Fi Podcast. The biggest, most fun podcast in the galaxy. We're Adina, Brian, Chris, and Steve, and we love talking all things science fiction. This is season four, but our human adventure is just beginning as we gather around our computer consoles to discuss the science fiction of film, television, and literature. Join us on our quest for fun and fascination as we go where no podcast has gone before. Everyone has permission to come aboard the Big Sci-Fi Podcast, but make sure to find your seat fast because we're taking off in three, two, one. Hit it. This podcast is a part of the Trek Geeks Network. Welcome to Season 4 of the Big Sci-Fi Podcast. My name is Brian Donahue, and I'm here with Adina, Chris, and Steve. Before we jump into our conversation, I'd like to mention that this podcast is now a part of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. woo woo And we are pretty excited about it because you are going to find us in more places than ever. And that's a fantastic thing. Hop on over to trekgeeks.com to learn more about us and the other great podcast on the network. Tonight, though, the crew of the Big Sci-Fi Podcast has gathered together to talk about one of the greatest single seasons in all of television history, at least Star Trek history, I should probably say. But I think it's the other way around as well. Star Trek Picard Season 3. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Understatement let's, of I'm the year. I'm suddenly hungry for Twix, too, with that sound. <laughs> uh, let's go where no one has gone before and say hello to everyone here from Maryland. It's Adina. Hey, everybody. Adina from Canada. It's Chris. Hello, everyone. And from Los Angeles, it's Steve. Whoa, dudes, what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Brian from ohio guys star trek picard season three. Oh my god so good we, so have, yeah. been, we have been I, waiting for this moment you know, I, I don't mean to be contrary but meh, it was okay <laughs> yeah. you are joking right i am definitely oh my god. i just someone had to say that oh my gosh oh my i can't oh. tell you how many times i jumped out of my seat Pumped my fist in the air, yelled at the television, freaked my wife out, almost woke up the kids. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I cried, which I do that anyways in film Mm -hmm. and television, but I bawled my eyes out. It was exciting. Let's dive in. I've got an initial question, a couple questions, and I've got a total of seven questions for Mm -hmm. us to go through. We'll see if we get through all of them, but these questions are designed, I hope, to help us talk about all the ins and outs of Star Trek season, Star Trek Picard season three, and I'm sure there will be lots of tangents ahead, but Mm -hmm. also spoilers. So if for some reason you have not watched season three of Star Trek Picard. For shame. For shame. Uh, you should turn this podcast off, but just pause it, though. Go watch the entire season mm-hmm. and then come right back to whichever uh, uh, podcasting platform you use and unpause and enjoy the show because there are going to be spoilers galore, galore. It's only 10 episodes. Just take a day off of work. Right. Take, a, take a weekend oh. day. You take can a binge vacation it in one day. day. <laughs> yeah, That'd it's worth fine. it. It's worth it. If, mm-hmm. you, if you weren't sure, if you're on the fence, if you're thinking about it, just do it. It's worth it. You, and you deserve it. You deserve it. I, yeah, right. And I want to say this too. If you were disappointed, because I know that we're next generation fans disappointed with seasons one and two. Uh, the, everyone is calling this mm-hmm. season eight of Star Trek The Next mm-hmm. Generation. Even the great Mike and Denise Okuda, who were on our show at towards the end of season three, said that as well. Yeah. So mm-hmm. so it is really fantastic. You're going to dig it on some level. So check it out. So question number one for us tonight, before even getting into what the show actually was in season three, what were your hopes for the third and final supposed season of star trek picard and and let's let's allow chris to go first tonight shall we excellent the, sure. the newly engaged chris fox by oh, the way you get to say that did you say uh-huh. that to her did you say engage and she went what? oh my gosh i did not say it but i definitely had a moment where i thought about <laughs> we've engaged the night because her last name is night in my head and i heard the borg music but like in a positive wow. way 
So, but this is a private thought. No one else needs to know about this. In fact, forget you heard it. <laughs> okay. Chris, but, go ahead. Uh, yeah, with the show, my my hope was that it would feel like watching TNG in the present. The way that, like, the way when you watch Strange New Worlds, it feels like you're watching a show that had Star Trek not existed and they made the original series today, that's how it would have been. That's mm-hmm. sort of what I was hoping with TNG, or rather season three of Picard. Excellent. Uh, Mr. Steve. I just wrote this line. My hope was that it was much better than seasons one or seasons two of Picard. It was. I was not... I, I like season two better than season one, but this was like every episode was a joy. It yes. really was. Yes. And Adina. Uh, you know, I try not to hope for anything in TV or movies ahead of time. I, I really just want to, I want to enjoy what I'm going to get into. So it, I try not to, because if I get my hopes up, right, if I'm expecting too much, then I can be disappointed. Even for like the best things, the most anticipated things, I really try to to go in with very low expectations. So I had, I'm going to say I really didn't have many hopes going in, but I am one of those people who I did enjoy seasons one and two a lot. You know, I, I really like them. There are certain moments and certain episodes in both those seasons that I thought were, were lovely, especially in, in season one, when we first saw Riker and Troy, mm-hmm. yes. that felt like coming home. That's oh, when it yeah. started to really feel like, you know, some good stuff there. So I, I, I didn't have any particular hopes, but even though I generally like season one and two, this one was a, this was a whole new level. And that's the, interesting, the thing about this is that with season one and season two, there were episodes that just kind of dragged, you know, the whole thing about Picard and his background in season two just kind of was a down drop in the excitement of that particular um, season. And even season one, when they were spending so much time on the board background and then so on, it kind of dropped off, but there was nothing like that there. There yeah. was no, there was no like dip in the storyline or there was no dip in the action. It was nonstop. It was like you said, you could binge watch this. It would have been an, a, a, what a 10 hour movie. And it would have been fantastic. Sit, sit, sit Very well paced 10 hour mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that Terry Metalis has gotten a lot of kudos for this and, you know, well, well deserved kudos. But one of the interesting things, so I recently listened to, he did an interview with Gates McFadden on her podcast. Okay. And so the things I didn't know about him, I mean, I knew he was like a, a next generation geek, you know, and such mm-hmm. like, you know, like some of us are. But what I really didn't appreciate until I heard him talking to McFadden was, so he's like, it sounds like he's maybe two years younger than I am. So Next Generation was his trek. So mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, so for season three, they took one of us and, yeah, exactly. you know, yeah. and and put him in charge. You know, he, he pretty much was responsible for the writing and direction of the season. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what it needed. So he, as one of us, gave us exactly what we wanted. You know, and that's yeah. why it was so magical. It was not, you know, so it's it's another level of, okay, yes, we're honoring the show, yada, yada. But it was this other level of they put the Trekkie in charge, the right Trekkie mm-hmm. in charge. And, you know, and he wins Trekkie of the year is my <laughs> And not <laughs> my just statement. that, not just that. It wasn't, it was that they were respectful and recognized all the other series from mm-hmm. You 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 got to see the Voyager at the um, museum, and you got the music mm-hmm. from Voyager there, and then you had recognition of Deep Space Nine in there, and then throwing in when the jet when the Admiral has her speech and she says with the beginnings from the NXO one crew on their mm-hmm. adventure, every they recognized all the prior series with such respect. Mm-hmm. That's what made it really even right down to while in the uh, Dystrom facility, seeing the skeletal remains of James T. Kirk. Mm-hmm. That was <laughs> like, you got to notice those things. That's yeah. detail that made it so good. Mm-hmm. So good. Like I, I always want to bring up um, Cobra Kai whenever I talk about Picard, because I felt like Cobra Kai 
for Karate Kid did such a good job where it felt like classic Karate Kid in a modern day, but they did such a good job of having the classic characters come back, making them feel relevant while still Mm -hmm. working with a new generation. And that's what I wanted from season one and season two, which I think season two did a lot better, but this felt like a modern day Star Trek, but somehow connecting the new characters to the old characters and having Mm -hmm. it seem believable and not just like, okay, well, we're just doing it because we have to. Mm -hmm. As you say, um, Adina, it's like we really had a fan who knew what he was talking about and also felt kind of bummed out about Nemesis. It was like, no, we got to fix that. And he did it perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's it's more that he knew what he was talking about. He knew what we want, you know, because he, he he wants it too, right? He He's the fan who wants to see. So he was able to kind of create yeah. that, what do we want? And he, he gave it, you know, oh, you know, what I, do Trekkies want? <laughs> my whole hopes about season three was... Since it this was going to be just a three-season show from the beginning, they made that very clear that this wasn't going to mm-hmm. go on and on, that they were going to tell a story. My hopes for season three was just that we would get to see the old gang, like for mm-hmm. real. You mm-hmm. know, we mm-hmm. saw Data. There was some beautiful stuff with him in season one. And we saw all kinds of Brent Spiner in season one, two, and two. And two, yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I just wanted the gang back together. And I think Chris is right. This is the first time I've understood that Cobra Kai analogy mm-hmm. fully of, of what you have said several times, Chris, is they did just a beautiful job of wrapping old the gang in there and then having all re- the other newer characters into the mix. Those newer characters felt every bit a part of the gang. Mm-hmm. And it was yeah. fun to watch them and I was rooting for them. And I don't want to get I don't want to get too far ahead because I've got a specific question I want to ask mm-hmm. about some of the new mm-hmm. characters. But uh, who were you looking forward to seeing again in season three? Now, you know, it's the whole gang. But is there a particular next generation actor who you were like, I can't wait to see how they look, what they do with the character, how they are a part of the story? And we'll, we'll let Adina go first. Well, I feel like it's in some ways a really easy answer just everyone you know Worf and the forge were the two that we hadn't seen yet because we we had seen Riker we had mm-hmm. seen Troy well and of course you know Dr. Crusher mm-hmm. uh, you know from like the the big you know the first moment so I, I guess I can't pick between them I'm just happy that right the gang was back together <laughs> anybody else have does well, everybody agree or oh, is yeah. there oh, someone yeah. no. <laughs> what, what I, I think really... that's an easy answer sorry I asked a specific question Adina <laughs> always does that fellas I'm sorry. we ask a specific question and then she doesn't answer it she doesn't answer well, it it's this okay is, <laughs> this is what I wrote down this is what I wrote down going in it was seeing how the characters could reprise their mm. characters after so many years yes they uh they were some other prior they were in some other prior seasons of episodes of Picard, but this was the entire band back together, plus some new characters, and they all well they worked like a well-oiled machine. Even changes like data, giving mm-hmm. him new elements of emotion that were a joy to see him portray as by Brett, but really. Worf looks so good. Oh, so good. With that great, <laughs> with that white hair and white beard. Mm-hmm. He was like the Klingon Santa Claus mm-hmm. who, well, could kick your butt. Right, right. <laughs> I want to right. see that movie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Santa, I, we, we had bad Santa. Now you need Klingon Santa. We have, we've got, we yeah, got exactly. Klingon Santa. You have, to, you have to hear the night before Christmas in the original Klingon. It's fantastic. <laughs> I'm down. I, for me, it's hard because it was a toss-up between Worf and Jordy. Mm. I like Worf generally more than Jordy, but Jordy was up there. Be you know, I'm going to say Jordy just because we got a lot of Worf in DS9, which obviously is, you know, that was 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. But we still got a lot more than we got with Jordy. So I was just really yeah. curious to see what Jordy had been up to. Um, and what I was really intrigued about with the trailer was that. Out of all the characters, Jordy did not seem pleased to see Picard. So I was like, I want to know what the conflict is. Right, I want to know right. what's going on between the two of them. Yeah, I, for and, me, and for, he, for, go ahead, Chris. Oh, I'm sorry. It was, no. it was, <laughs> it was, 
is Jordy for me too, because I, Worf, I always loved Worf. Worf episodes on the next gen were some of my favorites always when he was featured. Uh, loved him on D Space Nine, but Jordy was has always been one of my favorite characters. And to see, and he, I mean, they all look fantastic. Mm-hmm. But Jordy uh, Lavar Burton has the best, just on the verge of tearing up look in mm-hmm. his eyes that he does. He does something that is magic on screen that portrays just the right amount of emotion. And as a dad, hearing him concerned about his daughters, his real uh, daughters oh, <laughs> was just tremendous. It was just tremendous. And his perf- all of their performances were superb and yeah. way they gave them much more than they typically had on the next gen original run. Mm -hmm. I mean, there were some great episodes where they really, you saw how good of actors they were, but this whole series, like Jonathan Frakes, his acting was superb all the way through this. Yes, Gates McFadden, I mean, Mm -hmm. get out of town. The scene between uh, Dr. Crusher and Picard as they're talking about what the heck's going on do I have a son? Do I not have a son? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Riveting and up there on the level of you broke your little ships scene in yeah. first contact mm-hmm. where he goes, but you know, like just th- if this guys, if this show doesn't win some freaking Emmys, not yeah. just for special effects or music or lighting, but if they don't win, some, at least get some acting nods. There's something like there's something wrong. The science fiction community needs to say, hey, you got to pay attention to us because we're making mm-hmm. great stuff across the board. Absolutely. Um, it's very possible that Amanda Plummer could win a supporting yes. actress oh, for her role should. in this because she really was. And that's another thing. Yeah, right. Later okay, on. well. And I'll say I'll say one. I just want to say one thing about Jordy. Yeah. I loved his contacts. They made his blue eyes sparkle. It was beautiful. Every time you looked at his eyes, and you could just see a, like a sparkle there. It was beautiful. Oh my god! I like the contacts, but Dill did not. She was not oh, a really? fan. She was like, "I can't, I can't deal with him." It's a little still, yeah, disorienting because you know we're so used to seven years of the visor and mm-hmm. to see him with eyes. But I, I have a memory of, I don't know if it was an interview or convention that I saw him at a long time ago, mm. where he talked about the most challenging thing about taking the role and playing Jordy was having the visor because he said prior to that, he felt that one of his strengths as an actor mm-hmm. was using his eyes. And, and mm-hmm. I'm sure he's repeated this story mm-hmm. a, a few times, but that always stuck with me. So ever since we've been seeing his eyes, like I feel like I noticed them that much more. And it's really cool. I mean, that's, oh, a, that's yeah. a, it's an awesome mm-hmm. thing. He did a he did a crazy job, crazy awesome job. One of the best scenes in Star Trek Insurrection is when he loses the visor and he's got his eyes are regenerating. And he goes to see that sunrise. Yeah. That's yeah, one that's of really the most good. beautiful and best scenes mm-hmm. of that show. One of his best moments until Picard, mm-hmm. the time he was on season mm-hmm. three. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I, too, was sad to see the visor go, frankly. But uh, I get it, though, too. Yeah. I get it, though. I mean, it was mm-hmm. very, it was defining for his character. It was his defining prop for his character. So it was meaningful. But can I also actually bring up something? Yeah. What you were saying about him being a dad and, you know, because, again, one of the things that I think about with Trek, especially, you know, when Next Generation came on, I was a teenager. So I was closer in age to what I was pretty much Wesley's age. And so I viewed the universe from that lens. Watching it now, when I when I rewatch Next Generation, I'm thinking like Dr. Crusher. I'm yes. the mom. Yep. And in fact, I think I'm older right now than she was when she was playing the character, mm. which is like a little freaky to me. But what I think about specifically Deanna's character, Riker's character, and Jordy, like they're now looking through the lens of their lives and whatever they're doing through as parents. Mm-hmm. Back then, it was like they were carefree, a little bit more, you know, that pre, I don't have kids yet, carefree life. And it, you can see like the weight of parenthood, like in their faces. Except, and, for, yeah. except for Worf, who still 
is not talking about Alexander. I'm shocked Chris didn't interrupt you, Adina. Yeah, well, because we've talked oh. about Worf and his lack of parenting skills and lack of desire <laughs> to be a parent and all that stuff before. So that's not surprising. He's probably barely, it's quite possible that in the last 20 years, he already has a relationship with it, with Alexander. Mm-hmm. Oh, don't say I that. Don't I'm, sorry. That. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm with Chris. I'm with Chris. It's possible. It really is possible. It is possible. It's also possible uh, his passivity and his finding himself in deeper meaning that he, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe, listen, uh, Star Trek Legacy, baby, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. Well, maybe maybe that will be something that they could explore with Worf as a guesting, you mm-hmm. know, on that show is bring mm-hmm. Alexander into it and show us, give <laughs> us a story we have been waiting for. Because Chris yeah. and I cannot be the only ones that want to see Worf and his son reunited. And, and Jeremy Astor, okay? Worf right. went out of his way to say, I will make you part of my house and I will look out for you forever. Never mention <laughs> yes. it again. What do you look. do? You want do you want a field of dreams moment where he, he says, "Alexander, hey, Dad, you want to go chop off some guys' heads? <laughs> sure, son, let's go. That'd be nice. At least they're bonding. Maybe right. do something productive. Take out a couple of people that you know maybe that would doing be lovely. Look, doing what, that, that thing that he did with Jeremy Astor, which was really cool and all, and again, it was a nice moment. It was really cool. That was not, he was not accepting the responsibility of being a parent to that child. That's kind of inviting that ceremonial, inviting you into my house. That is not the same thing. It's kind of more like mm-hmm. being like a godfather, a godparent, you know? It's not the same thing as taking on the role of, oh gosh, you know, I'm now your dad and yeah, I'm going to be like you. Yeah, but at least like a birthday card, a phone call, a mention. Sure. I think, uh, sure. I got a yeah. sure. space communicate sure. from Jeremy yeah. Asher. Sure. He's doing really well. Oh, sure. Yeah, that would Jeremy's be interesting. Alexander. Sure. All right. What's All right. With more? You want to move Let's on move to on. the next question? Next you question. Know what, I, I just want to clarify. I, I did not bring it up. Yes. I just want <laughs> it's to my fault. let that be noted for the for the log. Right. It's my fault, but Chris and I stand in solidarity on this issue. Okay. I just want that known. So question number three, okay? I like this one. To Shaw or not to Shaw, what are your thoughts on uh, Captain I'm, Shaw? I'm, so that was such a again. Him. They did it so well, where they 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 manipulated our emotions. Like mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. made us hate him and then made us love him. Like That's... I loved him from the start, though. Mm-hmm. I, that initial scene where he's having dinner with Picard and Riker, and he's already started rudely before they get there, and mm-hmm. he's he's talking to them with such disrespect and disdain, and like you guys are old and. Uh, you broke all the rules and, you know, I don't have to look up to you, you know, and you're mm-hmm. actually retired. So mm-hmm. I don't even really have to salute you. So or do what you say. Mm-hmm. That was a superb oh, yes. scene mm-hmm. where yes. they set everything up beautifully. Yes for everything to expand and grow off of mm-hmm. that. It was yes. just it, great. Yes. Now, again, you could love the fact that he was a jerk and it was executed in that moment and it was executed perfectly. I mean, like, you can still love the character, but acknowledge he was... So when I say, you know, I hated him, it's the not... I mean, loved... Hate, like, that whole... Yeah, oh, you had fun you know hating. I mean? Yeah, it yes. was fun. Yes, okay. yes, yes. Right. It, it worked. Because, right, they, they brought gotcha. us along his journey so perfectly. Yeah. It was... Yeah. Uh, this is what I wrote. Ever met someone and right off the bat, you disliked them? That was exactly what was expected of us from the get-go of Shaw. And as the season progressed and we got to know more about his character development, fans began to bemoan that he might have been killed. And is he dead? Well, that's for another series to determine. For now, he has become a beloved character at the end, as was expected. And I will say this. Someone put a meme from a crossover of The Mandalorian and Shaw where they show Shaw's image and there is Grogu in the robot going, no, 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 I saw no, that. That was no. so cute. That was so cute. Well, and that and- was actually the best, like one of the best recent scenes in the recent Mandalorian season was mm-hmm. Grogu and the little robot. If you ha- aren't watching that too, you got you to catch up on that also. It's great. Yeah, yeah, that's on my list. But that's just an example of... That if his that one word of him saying no has become like a meme that is gonna be around forever. And I he's he's gonna be at conventions and people are gonna want to go up and be with him. And mm-hmm. he just he's a great actor. Mm-hmm. He 
you know, a sign of, if you if a uh, actor can make you dislike his character, then he's done a great or In she's the way done you're a great supposed job. To not, Absolutely, yeah. yes. yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. He was just so much fun. It was like anytime he was in a scene, it was just like I'm I'm ready for it. And then when he when he got killed, it's like, well, what? I, I, we did my yeah. job. Dead. Right? What are they doing? I hope he's not. Like I really hope it's like, oh, uh, by the way, he beamed out. Uh, shortly before that, and somehow nanoprobes right. were involved, and now he's back. Decker and Ilea came and got him at the last second, and he's off gallivanting around it's the galaxy. It's technically possible, and <laughs> and I, I like to think that there's a, you know enough of the the Trek community would, even though it's a little bit forced, because they seem to imply he was really kind of dead. I love so Star Trek Three. Well, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think Church the fan Sean, community yeah. would accept the liberty yeah and mm-hmm. oh no he wasn't really dead we saved him you know like i, I think we'd, we'd accept that and yeah. we'd be okay yeah. <laughs> Neelix died and was brought back with nanoprobe so i'm sure that could work right kirk was brought back from the dead from uh star oh, trek yeah. the, he could come back as a hologram you know? yeah was that star trek uh the return that was no that was the uh the jj second one yeah into darkness. Oh, I'm thinking of the shadow. Yeah, where book, Kurt where, like... dies, and then they use the the tribbles, and yeah. the and the return. Anyway. The, that that book that Shatner wrote is actually way better than I ever expected mm-hmm. it would be. I haven't I read to, it. Actually, not that. that bad of a story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love Shaw. I think he was mm-hmm. he was exactly what this season needed to, and uh, it was just, he had the best one liners too of the whole series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hands like, down had the best one-liners yeah. throughout. Like I, we can't say the full thing because of swearing, but like right. anybody else want to throw some weird stuff at me? Like that line right, right. It's hysterical. <laughs> it's like it's it's so cool when like the thing that I find so interesting about New Trek is now their language is becoming more modern. Whereas I felt like original like TNG didn't feel like '90s language. It felt mm-hmm. apart from it. Where now people are saying things like, oh, yeah, that's a lot of weird stuff you're saying right mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. and feels present day, but it seems to work well. It's more and normal. You it have... is more every day. Yeah. It's, what, it's how people talk. And then people have cursed in daily language for a long time, but it, it's a long, long now time. a little bit more acceptable to be shown yeah. on screen. Thank yeah. you, Cable. Right, exactly. Sand <laughs> <laughs> streaming. Yeah. Yes. So, so Shaw was fantastic. What surprised you guys about this season? Was there anything in particular that just surprised you? Uh, and I'm going to go first, mm-hmm. okay? Because because I've let you guys all go first. Mm-hmm. Uh, Laren. yeah. Oh my yeah. god! Holy crap, Nuggets, Batman! Yes, like like that. Holy crap, Nuggets! What the heck did I just say? <laughs> we that was we, definitely we, not we, on Batman. No, you're right. I I just but. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what the heck that was. I'm so I apologize to our listening audience for that. But um, Ro Laren showing up mm-hmm. was phenomenally surprising and in gripping and riveting. And I love that they brought that because Preemptive Strike, one of the last episodes of season seven of the Next Gen, is one of my all time favorite mm-hmm. Star Trek episodes. And I loved Ro Laren through the series of how they used her. And without Rolaren, we don't have D Space Nine. Frankly, we don't, mm-hmm. you know. And so that whole storyline with the with the Bajorans. So I thought that episode was phenomenal, extremely well played, enacted, and I just it was. I was like, wow, okay. Mm-hmm. How did they keep all this stuff secret? Yeah. Oh my gosh! Because it's not the I, only I... surprise. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I think it shows the people that are working on the show how dedicated they were and how much they care that they were able to do it because, yeah. Well, oh, even Rachel gosh. Garrett, mm-hmm. the statue at the yeah, beginning. Yeah, that was a really cool. That was a neat. Garrett. Mm-hmm. You know, that was kind of cool, too. But what else? What What other things? It could be guest stars. It could well, be whatever, storylines, no. whatever. What, what no. surprised you guys? Steve, you go first. Okay. So what I wrote this was the relationship between Worf and Raffi. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. How she was portrayed at the beginning as like a failure and a drunk or whatever. And then we find out the two of them are working side by side. And this, she, he's her, her handler. <laughs> that was just great. And I'm laughing because Brian is pointing at himself because he called it. He called it. He called the the wharf handler yeah. bit. 
And then, you know, we, we were left off from season two with something with seven of nine and Rafi and that was gone and it was discarded, but that was okay. Um, and unless you're, you know, you're a true TNG historian, some of the references, you know, that were maybe for, you know, for some people hard to follow, but it was still okay because they put in nuggets that were important for TNG. Like, as you said, that character, I didn't know her relationship with the crew until you kind of explained it to me. So there was something I didn't get, but it didn't affect my loving of the episode. Yeah, it was still a again, great. It was still riveting. Yeah. It was still good storytelling. Yeah. But again, you know, as you know, big fan of Enterprise, just to have the Admiral shout out about the NX-01 was really special. Mm-hmm. And then for Doug Drexler, I got to say that the fact that they chose the NX-01 refit to be at the museum told that there was more to Enterprise that could have been yeah, by having yeah. the refit there, that they acknowledged that it should have gone seven seasons. We should have seen more of it so the fact again that they did that just those were great surprises that were seen and just to see the genesis device again that was kind of cool there <laughs> well. cool. and hear the mm-hmm. sound effects did you guys hear all the, the tricorder sound effects from wrath of khan oh that, yeah, yeah. yeah that was cool. this season i mean, just, yeah. just yeah. really interesting mm-hmm. what about you chris the data stuff. I really didn't mm. think they're bringing back data. I thought, oh, maybe it's some something to do with lore. I thought, okay, maybe I guess they resurrected lore mm-hmm. or activated or reactivated him again. And there's going to be some situation where it's in both of their best interests to work together, even though they know he's going to, you know, go bad and mess them mess them over mm-hmm. somehow. So when they actually confirmed, or when it was like, oh, it's actually data. Like it's a combination of data. It's not the same data from TNG, but it's still mm-hmm. a data. Mm-hmm. I was like, whoa, I, I did not think they'd bring him back. I it's, was just, I was so happy with it. And, and it, was, it felt organic. Yeah, I liked how when he said, you know, I'm I'm Data, but I'm also Lore. And I'm also... Before. B, was it B3? Before? Before. Before. Mm-hmm. Before, and I'm also soon. I have all these people in me now, which has made him full and whole and... My wife I, was so happy to see him back again. Right. And she, I'm was, glad, she was so was sad to see him go. And yeah. I'm so glad they didn't put a bunch of it. Like they told us why he looked more human and aged, and they didn't try to do that really thing. easily. And, yeah, and yeah, they, they, they worked difficult. it in just so naturally, so easily that it was okay. Cool. Yep. And, I, and, and, and also, also how they had him really overcome lore through goodness mm-hmm. giving lore's whole beef was he's jealous of his brother you know he's, he didn't mm-hmm. get the opportunities data did he didn't get the you know loving care and here data is sharing his most prized possessions with him beautiful story of yeah of our little that surprised the heck out of me i was like what is this is weird but then i'm like oh, wait a minute he's actually showing his bro love like mm-hmm. he's giving him these things and it's having the it's having a positive effect for the character as a whole and he gave him the things that he enjoyed and made him who he was yeah. especially when he hands him spot the cat right that was that great. was just beautiful what, like, a great, what am i supposed to yep. do with this thing oh my what, god you know <laughs> what a great yeah. cameo by spot on season three of <laughs> yes. star trek picard Probably the twentieth cat used, I would imagine. Yes, exactly. Right. Um, I, you know, surprises. Uh, Adina, did I give you a chance? No, to not yet. And I'm Go glad you it. guys saved me for last, and I'm glad none of you. I'm glad I'm the one who gets to say this one. Uh huh. The Enterprise D. Yes. yes. That's yeah. the other big one, of Holy, course. Holy! Oh my gosh! Like I, I can't. I can't even. Holy just, crap! Did not see that coming. Man. Right. Yeah. Did not <laughs> see that coming in Holy the, the least bit. Jordy wins engineer of the century. Yes. He's he is the best engineer. And again, I say this with deep love for Scotty. Mm-hmm. Jordy wins as, yes. as the best yeah. engineer yes. in Starfleet. Absolutely, absolutely. I didn't I didn't see that coming. So that was the I, biggest I, surprise of any of it yeah. for me. Yeah, that was that was out of left field. But what's also interesting was they upgraded it to give it the Aztec finish on you. It seemed more metallic. Than how it was on the original series, or mm-hmm. excuse me, original TNG, where it was more yeah. of that, oh, you know, that it had the as, gray white. Yeah, look. it had that mm-hmm. stuff on it, but it just wasn't as pronounced as they do it now. 
Right. Yeah. Oh, it's got, and I love too that they didn't give it the generations bridge. That it was the it, it was, was the it was the classic right, yeah. right. and the elk cars mm-hmm. like how, so just go around and give me your numbers. How many times did you rewatch the well one them getting to the ship and also them turning on the mm-hmm. on the bridge? Mm-hmm. How many I, times? Just once. Oh, just but it once? was okay. I, and that's just that's just because of a busy life, not because right. I didn't want to. Um, yeah, I did see it twice. I did watch most of these episodes twice. Oh, okay. And did and in, in my second one did a little bit of, a little bit of but not as I I will rewatch more and more and more, but I I will say when Picard and they step onto the bridge and he just says, you know, emotionally, you know, together and everything, but the thing that I miss most the carpet. <laughs> the carpet. And yeah. I thought that was great because that's always kind of been a joke where you've seen the meme of the the uh, stage worker vacuuming the carpeting, you know, mm-hmm. and they go, oh, wow, carpeting on the Enterprise. What do you know? <laughs> and he takes a moment to acknowledge it. And then yeah. also when they finally close off the lights and Picard also says, I miss that computer voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That right. was yep. so beautiful. That was... The fact that they assembled her mm-hmm. voice so that she could be right back with us and also screen credit at the end of the episodes they gave it right. to. Yeah. Oh, I, you know, wonderful. there's there are so many things thrown into this that you, uh, next gen fans could really sink their teeth in and smile mm-hmm. at and jump off the couch mm-hmm. at and get close to the TV. I know uh, my buddy Todd, who you guys um, are aware of, uh, would pause screens, and there's a point where the the starbase is being attacked. Mm-hmm. You know. And he paused the screen because you can see the names of the things. And he said there were all kinds of names in there that were um, memorials and references to this and that. And he said it was just, and I can't remember them right now off the top of my head, but he said it was just beautiful. They went that far that the little tiny lettering of what the ships Mm -hmm. were flying around had references to real life things or people that have worked in Trek or other characters and all that stuff. USS Drexler. Yeah, there yes, was a USS. Yes, Doug was so proud to see his name Ross, up there. That was really yes. cool. But yeah. even Which I wonder without... if that was Admiral Russ. It had to be. It had to be. Yeah, it would have to be, right? Mm-hmm. But even like without pausing, Ross. for those of us who are like massive TNG fans, or just all mm-hmm. these like little, even from the very, very, very first scene of episode mm-hmm. one, when they're panning around this ship and you don't yeah. know whose ship it is yet, until the first, my first clue was seeing the orchids. The orchids. I'm yeah. like, Oh, I know who has orchids. That is Dr. Crusher's orchids. And then you see like the case with it's a Jack Crusher. Because remember, she got a case mm. of his stuff like yep. and everything. And then later episodes when they're first in the Daystream Institute and the crow flies in. Yep. And the crow mm-hmm. was from when Data was dreaming, like all these things. And what was really interesting is I watched most of this with Frank, who doesn't, you know, he's seen a few episodes of Next Generation with me, but he clearly, he doesn't know these things. And I'm sitting there like, oh my God, did you see that? Did you see that? And he's like, I, I, I don't know what you're seeing. I mean, he enjoyed it, but yeah. not at a level of, you know, there's, there's different levels of enjoyment. <laughs> I, I loved like, like Moriarty, like I thought he was going to somehow be more involved as a bad guy, yeah, but too. it was perfect though. Mm-hmm. Like, even though it at first out, yeah. I was like, oh, I wish we had more of him, mm-hmm. but it was perfect. He was actually helping them. Mm-hmm. He wasn't being evil. He was actually mm-hmm. helping Because it them. wasn't him. It was Data. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. It was Data, so, it was, you know, data using yeah. his memory. But what a great, yeah. I mean, what mm-hmm. a great way to bring that actor back to yeah. that and and make us all go, oh, those are some great, yeah, super, super cool. And then also, like I, Chris, you you must agree with me because you're my fellow Deep Space Nine guy here. Uh, the changelings being involved was yes. super cool. No. I I was so excited. I, I was convinced though, and I will confess this: I was dead. I was ap- dead right. I was absolutely right about Worf and Rafi's connection there at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I was dead wrong with where I thought this series was headed because I thought we were going to a last episode where Jack was actually possessed by the Paw race, that they'd somehow mm-hmm. escaped, gotten in cohorts with the Borg somehow, and that mm-hmm. we were going to see Benjamin Sisko show up and save the day in the I, first episode. Mm-hmm. That was where was... I thought this was going. I had seen that I, I I heard people speculating on that, and I remember thinking, 
Like I, I want, I don't know how I feel about the power race coming back, but I would love Cisco to be back. And I thought that'd be really cool. But I then, thought for sure he might yeah, have not been wasn't. available. Who knows? I, you know? I yeah. don't think he wants to be Captain Cisco anymore. I get mm-hmm. the feeling he's not that proud of Trek. I, I'm not sure. No, he, <laughs> I, he, he actually, I've heard him interviewed. He was very proud of the work Deep Space Nine did and how it represented African Americans and him as a father working, you know, in that relationship there. Mm-hmm. And then the diversity that was, that Deep Space Nine just represented in spades. Um, he was very proud of that. I don't know. There may be other things he wasn't proud of mm-hmm. or, or doesn't. But, you know, I mean, also we got to remember, like, you know, holy, holy surprise uh, with Anton Chekhov. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my. That took me a minute to... about that. That didn't take me a minute at all. That took me a second. And I was in I don't cry. I was in tears. I'm like, that's that's Walter was... Koenig. Oh, I yes. It, it then, took me a minute to figure out. Wait, is this Chekhov? Chekhov? But then yes. I have to go back and be like, yes. no, it's Anton. It was Sorry, his. It was his yeah. voice. But then it was the actor. Anton, it was the actor. Anton Chekhov. But then, the, did you guys hear the message? The message yeah. was a, a, a deliberate mimicry of the message mm-hmm. from the voyage home. Oh yeah. Like that was just like I'm sitting there. Like I don't. I. I am not a crier. I'm not a crier. But I was. I was mm-hmm. in so many tears. I, I, oh, holy cow. My wife asked the same question. She goes, is that Chekhov? I said, yeah, that's, I go, but that's the actor. He's doing, he's reprising his voice. Yeah, and I it, think that, that was, was amazing. An, and there was that, like you said, the respect of all the prior series, you threw in, you get someone, an actor from the original TOS. That was great stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That was amazing. What, what was threw amazing. me off is I thought it was Pavel Chekhov who was president. And then right, I had to go back. Right. Like, no, it's Anton, yeah. his well, son. And, and that makes more sense. When I first heard the voice my, in my brain, I'm thinking, huh, I wonder, could he be alive at this point? Because remember that at the start of Next Generation, you know, McCoy was still alive and he was like 137. Yeah. So again, lifespans are longer. So at first mm-hmm. I'm like, I guess it's possible, but then once I saw it, once he said my father, and once you see Anton, I'm like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I had to go back and then be like, oh, it's Anton. Oh, okay. Yeah. What an oh. awesome oh. nod cool. to to Anton yeah. who played Chekhov in the. What about that? Like that first shot before you get to the ship, and it's and it's like the first image of the TNG intro mm-hmm. with the. Um, not nebula. I don't know mm-hmm. what it is, but yeah, with the stars. Yeah, yeah, that was a whole beautiful sequence. I beautiful thought we were going to get like a TNG <laughs> intro, and we didn't. I was a little bit sad. No, that's, I was not sad at all. Just, this is, yeah. That was perfect. Yep. That okay. was just so perfect. That was so perfect. So, all right, guys. Before we get off the surprises, okay, yeah, I just yeah. want to say when you're talking about like what you thought it was going to be with the paw race and everything, if you had told me at the beginning of the season, oh, by the way, the Borg is going to be the big bad, you know, and everything, I would have been like. Really? Yeah. yeah work? Are you too. kidding me? me too. But no, mm. the way they worked it in mm-hmm. just they yeah. oh my I'm yeah. shocked well, that it, I enjoy I'm like really shocked because it, I, I think there's no them, way you would have been able to convince me of that ahead no, of time. They, they made them more terrifying, which is what mm-hmm. they had to do. And I was mm-hmm. like, how I, at first I was like, oh they've this, you know, again, I was like, okay, we did the Borg, we've done the Borg. We thought, mm-hmm. what, I mean, I thought they were peaceful now. I thought they were guardians mm-hmm. for us, you know, like, what in the world? Yes. Different Borg. But, but, yeah, but to have Alice yes. Krieger reprise, oh, boy, she wasn't the woman in no, the makeup, but, though. No, that was, I think that was an animatronic. Either way. I don't, or, or no, some there kind of. there was an actual yeah. woman. Was an I actual... just saw that today. There was an actual okay. woman. Um, but to have Alice Krieger's voice was mm-hmm. just great. Um, and as sad. well. I mean, again, another right note to first contact. You know? There you go. Yeah. Yeah. But also yeah. really sad. Yeah. You know, yeah. a little eerie. Oh, has she passed? Yo, yeah, she passed a few months I ago. I didn't know that. Alice yeah. Creek. Yeah. No, I know the other Borg Queen. No, you're oh, here. Am, uh, am I mixing yeah, up yes, people? You're thinking, yeah, you're mixing up people. Oh my god, my bad. Picard, she passed away. Okay. That's okay. My That's bad. okay. That's right. Yeah. Oh, because her yes. name also begins yeah. with an A, and yeah. her name was Anne. Yes. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. It's my okay. Bad. My, my bad. My bad. My bad. I was about ready to yeah. cry right no, now. No, 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 I'm no. sorry. It's it, it that was yes. sad to lose that actress because she yes. was superb. Yes. Yeah, yeah. She was yes. really great. Good actress. So, all right, guys. Who? Uh, uh, speaking yeah, of yeah, favorite yeah. characters, 
Question number five, who ended up being your favorite character for the season? And I think I'm going to have to start with Steve. Captain (laughs) Vatic. Her level of evil and style was the type of villain that Star Trek fans needed. She was so well-written and acted by Amanda Plummer, and she was the best line, I'm sorry, the best line of any Star Trek character, because as her life came to an end, and that's got to be the best line ever. And I can't repeat it because we're a family-friendly show, but you know what she said, and it was great. And it was yep. the fitting way for her to end. But even so, when she was on the on the bridge with all the you know, Star Trek officer lined up, she's going, Jack, 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 Jack. Oh, Jackie, where are you? Are you coming up? Oh, I'm just so, I want you to. She was so good. Oh, superb. Mm-hmm. I just, I, every scene she was in was just a joy. She was great. Though. Mm-hmm. And and did you notice the ode to her father, Christopher Plummer from Star Trek six, when she spun yes. around in that big oh, old yeah. command chair? That had to be a nod. That had to be a nod. So good. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's so good. All right. I've, I've said what I said. Go ahead. You guys, you tell me All who right. your favorites were yeah. as well. <laughs> Oh, this is this is tough because there's so many good characters, yeah. but it's got to be it's got to be Data or I, I'm trying to come up with a name for him, but this yeah. new it's iteration still data. of, of mm-hmm. still we're still data. calling him Data. That's what they okay. called him. It's still Data. That's what Jordy was yeah. saying, dude. Mm-hmm. I yeah. Well, no, I think that's what he's called, but it'd be good. It'd be fun to like have like a you know. Oh, here's what we're talking about. This mm. new Data. There's like data a number twenty. Data twenty. Seems like it. But it was just, it was so much fun to have him back and to see the progression of data with emotion, but it's not just data with the emotion yeah. chip mm-hmm. in generations, but it's him grappling with his feelings and mm-hmm. um, getting sarcasm from Troy mm-hmm. at the end. That oh, was yeah. a lot of fun to be like, I love the fact that they're able to show that, hey, characters can be annoyed at each other, but still love each other, which is right, something right. we really mm-hmm. got on TNG, I felt. Yeah. Um, so I love that lie. I love that ending scene and record coming in and being like, oh, he's still bat, you know, that other word, but you can't say. Mm-hmm. Um, but he <laughs> yeah. was just so much fun yeah. to watch. Yeah. Just, I, just really well done. Go ahead, Adina. I, was, I hope well, you don't I'm take gonna... mine. Well, You're going to okay. say the whole cast, aren't you? Well, I, that's what I want to say. No, I'll, I'll give you an answer. Yeah. And partly, I'm going to give you an answer because we have not talked about this character hmm. today at okay. all. I'm going to say my favorite in season three was yes. Seven. Yes, she was seven so, was so good. good. And her, her whole journey, like her development was just spot on and amazing. Mm. And she's just amazing it's just so amazing in how she kind of mm-hmm. held it together and was true to herself while fitting into starfleet but not fitting in but in in a way that it, mm-hmm. it worked well and seeing shaw talk about her in her performance evaluation at the very end was right. just so so lovely it was just yeah. amazing yeah. and everything that she did was, was great oh i have I was to gonna say in putting her as captain of the Enterprise G. Oh my God, yes. And they say, go ahead. You gotta say your your catchphrase. What's it gonna be? Engage, make it so. And she's like, it's, and boom, they take us away. That's like, beautiful. Because save (laughs) it for the next Mm -hmm. series. Mm -hmm. Save it for the series. Star Mm -hmm. Trek Legacy, which I I, I hope they pick out. Please, oh, please, oh, please. So what I've, and again, you know, hopefully by the time that this, you know, this airs, this will probably still be true because it sounds like these decisions aren't getting, mm-hmm. you know, made quickly. But I believe that they've said that because they've got Strange New Worlds and Lower Decks, you know, and they've got now the Section 31 movie yeah. coming out, oh, that they've that's... got a lot and these things are yeah. expensive to produce. Yes. So it sounds like it's not going to be. The good thing, uh, you know, though, Adina, is that season three of Picard broke into yeah. the top 10 mm-hmm. streaming. Yeah. And is the first track series mm-hmm. to right. do that. That's huge. Right. Absolutely huge. So it it will definitely fuel more. And it's it's amazing that Michelle Yao, Academy Award winning actress, mm-hmm. is gonna come do a Star Trek film 
that hopefully will be a mm-hmm. lot of fun. And I think that's a really neat move by Paramount to do that and release it on their streaming platform mm-hmm. that way. Yeah. I think that's It'll a really smart move. Um, and, you know, we know Discovery is going to end after season five unless the fans do this massive write-in. And they did. <laughs> I don't think it's going to save the show, though. But my my favorites for this season is Gates McFadden, portrayal of Dr. Crusher. I love the pump action <laughs> phaser rifle, yeah. which is oh, yeah. stupid Very and cool. ridiculous and so much a waste of time when you're in a fire, <laughs> you know, a shootout. You don't have time to be f- pumping a stupid phaser. I mean, come but on, that's dumb. Cool but it was amazing. It was awesome. I want one, you know. Um, but Gates McFadden was yep. just mm-hmm. superb. I'm telling you, it. she deserves mm-hmm. an Emmy nomination for, for mm-hmm. her work, as do many of the characters. And I gotta say, is I, I love Data. I love I love Worf. I love me some Worf. But Jonathan Frakes just oh, I, yeah. he just for me. Uh, I love the mm-hmm. development of his character. For the first time, he's really, you know, he was so career oriented in the next gen run. That was a whole uh, thing. He sacrificed so much. Was he? And, well, he well, started well, out you're being, right. you're he right. and then he that tempered way. that. He passed up bit. some captain yeah. opportunities. But, you're right, Chris. But, but three. Yeah. <laughs> we pulled out the captain's chair for Riker. He better, one yeah. of these times, he better sit down. Okay. You know what I mean? He, he <laughs> yeah, wasn't no, pursuing family, right? And right. so to see this, this happen and to see the tragedy of losing his son and how mm-hmm. that affected him. Uh, Frakes just yeah. did a phenomenal job acting he through had, this whole series, and he's yeah. got—he's one of those actors for me too. He's just got mm-hmm. that spark, and he had some of the best lines too, like when they're transporting onto the station and Worf. Now I am a passive, and he goes, "We're yes. all gonna die," yes. you know, like just yeah. some. He's—he's he's got the comedy timing down too. So With- McFadden and Frakes were my favorites of the series. I'm glad what they were able to do with him was allow mm-hmm. him to show uh, like a full emotional mm-hmm. range right? and not just keep him in like one steady yeah. beat, which is kind of what we mm-hmm. mostly had in next. I mean, as much as I love the character Riker, he was fairly one emotional mm-hmm. level throughout the sure. series. And here we really, we got to see the full, full range I will of say him, which was there great. was this one line when, they're really in a peril, and he turns to Picard and says, "You've killed us all." I mean, that was a powerful scene oh. for him to turn to his best friend and say, "You've killed us all." But what I love so much was the scene inside the prison cell with him and Troy, and they're just talking like these are. This is a married couple that's gone through a hard time. They've lost a child. They've kind of pulled away, and he just said, "What was that line?" You know, I'm just happy to be able to see your face one more time before we die. I mean, it was just their love between the two of them was so well portrayed there. It was very emotional, very well done. Yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. He was a joy to see him act again. I I think all the all the next gen actors Mm -hmm. shined Mm -hmm. beautifully. And, and, you know, it it took forever to get to Troy. Like, really? Like, I thought maybe she was just going to be, maybe she was in the Mm -hmm. UK filming and didn't, you know, but everybody had moments Mm -hmm. where they got to shine. Mm -hmm. And it was just, it was wonderful to see them have that opportunity as people and as the characters we love and felt like that we were part of their family to see them get this type Mm -hmm. of send off. I am. I was surprised at how emotional I got throughout Mm -hmm, the whole mm -hmm. season because I'm like, this is what I mean. Nemesis made a measly forty nine million dollars. It was so bad. Yeah. And it it was a terrible, cheesy, uninteresting send off Mm -hmm. for those characters. And to see this is this is like the universe universe just made this right by Star Mm -hmm. Trek fans. Okay, we're but I digress. Uh, Next question. Uh, I don't want to skip any questions now that I know Steve is really a tickler. These are good questions. These (laughs) were very good questions, (laughs) Brian. And we can go to two parter if we have to to talk about this. Okay, I don't think we will. I don't think we're pretty good. We're pretty (laughs) good on time. Because, you know, before we hit record, I we're know, always gabbing a lot. So okay. uh, we're, we're good. But uh, so so second to last question, uh, 
did this season live up to your expectations and hopes as a fan? This should be a mm-hmm. rather simple question because we've mm-hmm. gone over a lot. Yeah. So maybe this exceeded. will be our time. It, yeah. it did way okay. too way much. I, 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 I I'll say this. Okay. As we tell you, Denise Okuda said this was season eight of TNG, and we could all agree with that. My only shortcoming was the way that they solved the board problem with the with all the kids yeah it was one of those it was truly a star trek way where dr mccoy synthesizes a drug and they spray everybody or they inject everybody and we're all okay you know everything cleared up went away and it just seemed like let's just get this out of the way as quickly as possible and the the red door it was dragged on a little too much, like it was going to be something really, really, and it just seemed like they that was the only thing they kind of dragged constantly through the entire season. But again, there was a payoff as to what was behind the the red door, mm-hmm. and I kept thinking, was that a was that a note back to the red door, or the door that uh, Picard was worried about in his old home when he went there in season two. Yeah, yeah, I, just, I, don't, I, I don't think so. Yeah. Steve, I don't think right. so. Steve, yeah, did you understand the question, I know, my friend? I know. You said it, but did live up to my expectations. The expectations, yes, is yes, but there was still something short there, still something short. Yeah. Well, there's always yeah. details, and I would yeah. say, you know, that whole you know, wrapping up the ending you know, and everything, right? Like, it is Star Trek, it's it is all in that buildup and it is all in the interaction yeah. and learning about the characters. So mm-hmm. I'm okay with the fact that yes. Okay. Yes. They resolved a little quickly, whatever. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm cool. Right. It does not bother me in the least. Yeah. Way. That's, that's my only criticism as well, but it's like, that's just true for yeah. most things yeah. where yeah. the buildup is always there. But like for me, if it, the show had just ended after the resolution, like, okay, everybody's fine. We're good. I would have been more upset, but the, mm-hmm. the wrap mm-hmm. up of the series was just so perfect, and my mm-hmm. only, my real complaint is that it's over. Yeah, like I just want. Right. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, why, why ten episodes? Come on, twenty two, twenty three. We like, would have been yeah. happier with that. You know, yeah. can we figure out how to clone Terry Metalis? Because if we can clone Terry, then he can get an Enterprise going. He can get right. a DS nine going. Right. I mean, he's the right person. <laughs> right. We have the opportunity here to do that. Yeah. Well, we don't so know good. if he's as deep with DS nine and Enterprise as he was mm-hmm. with, with TNG. So maybe again, he's I think the right person for Star Trek Legacy, but that does not, and he's awesome, but that does not mean he's the right for DS a DS9 Enterprise thing. However, we need the version of Terry Metalis yeah. who is. If it isn't but Terry Metalis, like, we do Jerry? need Jerry. Yeah, yeah, you know, very good. Yeah, is there a Jerry or something? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. He's a big like <laughs> DS9 fan. We can add him know. because. Oh, there's so many but opportunities. This is great. There's so yes. much they could do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It was just, it was so perfect. They, but even in the context of Star Trek Legacy, given the timing, they could certainly bring back DS9 characters mm-hmm. and oh, you know, yes. try with DS9 to that. Yeah. You can't do that with Enterprise with Legacy, but you can Correct. certainly no, do. You, you could actually have them, you know, reprise characters as, you know, you know, as you intermixing can. just little shots or stuff. I mean, it, again, the, the whole scene bit. when they are celebrating, um, you know, a frontier day, you could have had Scott Bakula do like, you know, and here's the words of Scott Bakula, like they did at the very beginning of Enterprise, mm-hmm. where they brought back, they reprised oh, with Zephyrin yeah. Cochran's character to open. You could, they could have done something like that. So they can still do something like that if they want to with DS9 or it's, Enterprise yeah. or even Voyager. Or yeah. maybe just have someone quote the speech oh, yeah. that we never yeah. got. Yeah. That, uh, you know, we didn't mention this. And I Shelby? think I think this is a shame on us. Shelby? Well, Shelby, yeah. How fantastic. What like, she was a so cool, cool cameo. Um, but the Enterprise flying into the Borg ship like oh, an X Wing yes. fighter. Yes. Flying into the Death Star. <laughs> when really I first cool. saw that, I went, I went, oh come on. And then I went, This is yeah. awesome. Right. It's, yeah, I love every second it's of this. Hokey, I know. But it's cool. It's what we like. Like who cares that it's hokey? We've it's got really some cool. fantastic memes. Yeah. Chris. This is going to be yeah. some of the best meme work coming it's out just of this. Yep. Nice to see that the Enterprise is maneuverable and they can do uh-huh. more than just going in one direction. I think yeah. the closest we ever got to that was in Relics when it like goes to the it 
Yeah, I said, yeah, I don't you know had what you to, call it when they go through sphere, the door. When it, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. the Dyson yes. Sphere. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And it's like, it's not like, yes, it's a spaceship. It can be mm-hmm. more maneuverable if you, I assume, because it's Star Trek, yeah. they should be we able to be more maneuverable. We can talk about the physics okay. of that and, time. and here's the right, thing. Right, we just right. learned that it only takes about six or seven people to fly a starship. You don't need a whole crew. Forget, forget about a thousand. Right. Yeah. Right. It's uh, what was it? Um, well, th- search for Spock. Yes, we learned yes, that too. Yeah. You know, they fully could, automated. They could, even what was it? No. Even a group of yes, Chinese exactly. could run it or something. The other thing I have no. a question. Beautiful. Picard's physical body, which was on the Stark. Was that the name of the? The strike, thank the you. Strike. Oh. What happened to it? Yeah. Was it destroyed? Well, I, I guess, guess now it was it's destroyed. destroyed. Yeah. It was destroyed with the strike. No, I was yeah. just, yeah. I was just, yeah, yeah there was okay. no conclusion it's that, okay. but it's okay. But I was just was oh, wondering. Wait, the, the strike? Yeah. They they left it when they mm-hmm. abandoned the strike. They left the body, so uh-huh. presumably it was Correct. destroyed That's with what the I strike. Thought. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Is well, it the strike or the strike? Like strike, right? Strike. The strike, right? The strike. Okay, I'm not pronouncing it right. Yeah. So. Let's get that right, yes, everybody. Yes. Okay. All right. Sure, right. Okay. It's not okay. data. I know. Stop it's it. data. Stop it. It's not. Wait a minute. Do I hear the music from? Strike. Do I hear Africa being played in the background? What's going on now? <laughs> All right. Moving right along. That's our Clint hint to wrap this up a little bit. Million dollar question. My answer is yes. I believe this was the single best season of Star mm-hmm. Trek ever. I, I think I think to wrap up this episode, we need um I know this is gonna be hard, Adina, but I need a yes, a no, or a maybe. Okay. Can I say yes, but that wasn't one of the that wasn't one of the no, you can't yes, okay, but you can, me, of course okay, you can. Here's the yes <laughs> but when we say the single best season of Trek ever, was this the single best season of Trek ever? Yeah. You can't compare. I don't think you can. It's fair to compare this kind of 10 episode arc with like when we go back to Next Generation where Mm -hmm. you had a 20 something episode individual things and in later seasons sort of a minor arc through. Like You can't Mm -hmm. really compare that. That's not fair. Mm -hmm. Now, for modern Trek. okay, you know, and when I say modern Trek, I'm saying thinking of Disco, Lower Deck, Strange New Worlds. So far, this is the best season of mm-hmm. anything modern. Absol- abso- absolutely. Okay. Now, Strange New World still has mm-hmm. an opportunity to do things. We don't know what dis- you know Discovery Season 5 is going to look like. And of course, if they mm-hmm. do other new mm-hmm. things, there can mm-hmm. then still be new stuff. But yes, this is the best out of all the modern okay, stuff. Okay, that's fair. Absolutely. Uh, Mr. Um, Mark, sorry, I didn't bring any kilos of gold for that million dollars. But, um, my, my, but the point mm-hmm. was... It is just like what the Dina said. It was too short. So it's hard to compare it to, you know, where you have a whole season to do a story arc, you know, and, you know, um, I'm sorry, but I just love Enterprise so much. Season four is still my favorite season, only except for the last episode, which now because of the (laughs) NX-01 refit, we know it was a false story, the last episode of Enterprise, Mm. but this was for for like like do you want a really intense cup of coffee that's what we had here rather than just having a cup of coffee yeah, it was yeah. good yeah all right chris anybody else i'm in the same boat as steve i would say it was amazing but it's no not the most not the best season of trek ever okay wow because you okay. can't compare are you serious or are you kidding <laughs> No, so I'm laughing. laughing because I want to give a whole spiel about why I don't think it isn't to go on about season six of DS9. Mm-hmm. Oh, but okay, I figured okay. that's mm-hmm. that's going to be too long. But I just think <laughs> that season they did such a great job with mm-hmm. with all their storylines, and I'll leave it at that. You know, still I, a really amazing season, but yeah, not right. the best ever. Okay, this isn't this is interesting because I, Chris, I as a D Space Nine guy, I think six of D Space Nine was my all time favorite. Um, until mm-hmm. this, uh, this just has enough of the love and feelings for me that I just, I'm, I, ha- I don't think I've enjoyed Trek this much. And so that, and, and I, you know, we can agree to disagree in that it's harder to compare. I, I still can in, in the way I think about it, but the fact is we all had fun without a doubt. Oh yeah. We all, we, had a, we all so got much to, fun. we all got mm. to talk about Trek excitedly 
and mm-hmm. couldn't wait to message each other about did you watch mm-hmm. it yet did you watch shut it up, yet shut you up. know don't talk don't say um, anything and, i haven't watched it yet you guys right, get, right, right. you guys got to see it because you're three <laughs> hours ahead of me on the east coast not fair not fair you know <laughs> and so it was just fun yeah and mm-hmm. i think i think you know we talk about modern trek and i think that is a fair mm-hmm. really fair comparison adina to to say it's harder to compare because the seasons were longer and they were did were aimed at different things than they are now you know we talk about how jj saved trek with the films and revitalized mm-hmm. everything um i think that this season of picard in particular has assured us of much more star trek yeah mm-hmm. i think you're right i, I think that. even more than discovery Absolutely. even more than lower decks and prodigy uh, and Strange New Worlds, which I'm psyched yeah. about the new season of yes. Strange New Worlds. Strange New Worlds was phenomenal yeah. mm-hmm. um, and really good. But I think this season of Picard has just absolutely hit it out of the ballpark. We're going to, we like the Okuda said, we are living yeah. in the golden age yeah. of Trek. And I will say this, my dear sweet wife, who does not as deeply involved in Star Trek as I am, look forward to every Thursday night to watch Picard. And she would always say, this is the best crew. That's how. Yes. And, and, and again, I I just think that because it was so well done that anyone who watched TNG came away going, yeah, that's the way you ended having them playing cards Mm -hmm. like they should have done. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Beautiful. And the Venus joke. Yeah, <laughs> which we can't even repeat. But... Well, we can say as much as he said. Yeah, there once was a woman from Venus. Oh, mm-hmm. come on, Data. You know, yeah. Well, thank you, thank you guys for being. Thank you, guys. I'm sure. gonna try to wrap this up. Thank you, guys, for being a part of our listening audience. We hope that you've had a great time listening and feeling like you were a part of the conversation as well. Maybe you even yelled at us a few times during this episode, <laughs> and we would love to hear that you did actually. So feel free to email us at the big sci-fi podcast at gmail.com to let us know what you think. You can also let us know your thoughts by joining our super cool Facebook group, following us on Instagram and Twitter, and also by subscribing to our YouTube page for video content. Like I said at the beginning, we're now part of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. You can check us out in all the other amazing podcasts at trekgeeks.com. Until next time, treat each other well. And to quote the great Captain Kirk from Star Trek IV The Voyage Home, everybody remember where we parked so you can be sure to catch the next exciting episode of The Big Sci-Fi Podcast.